on. Hello and welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. My name is Varun Shankar and joining me is Owl-in-Chief Owen Godimer. Owen, how are you doing, man? I'm well, Varun. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, you know, it's been a long week, but we're finally at the playoffs. But before we get to the playoffs, we're going to be talking about the uh, VHSL Loudoun County teams in the playoffs. But before that, I know you last week went to the Broad Run versus Stonebridge game, the Battle of the Bergs. Tell me about it. I mean, that seemed like an incredible game. Broad Run, Broad Run won 35-21. to How was it? Yeah, it was a really good game. Obviously, highly anticipated. Um, I tell people who haven't been before, it's not really a football game. It's more of a community event. Uh, so the, the place was packed. Student sections were riled up. Teams were riled up. Um, a lot of emotion on and off of the field. Um, when push came to shove, it just came down to broad run as the better football team. Um, Mitch Griffiths threw for 350-plus yards, three passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Um, the broad run defense had five takeaways. Uh, I don't know if Stonebridge turned the ball over five times this year, and they turned it over five times in the battle of Bern. Um, so, like I said, at the end of the day, Broad Run was the better football team. Um, it showed on the scoreboard. Um, they actually they won 35-21. They actually took a knee at the Stonebridge two-yard line uh, near the end of the game to, to run the clock out. So that very easily could have gotten more out of hand. Yeah, I, I want to talk about Mitch Griffiths. I talked to him before the year, and... You know, he talked a little bit about how much the Stonebridge game meant to him. He hadn't won, and last year they got blown out by Stonebridge. And in this game, he missed the last game they played uh, with an injury. Comes into this game, and from what I heard, he took hit after hit after hit, and he had to come out of the game for a little bit, but came in and then scored touchdowns. I mean, what can you say about Mitch Griffiths and his toughness? Yeah, I mean, he's a warrior. He uh, it, it was first and goal from inside the 10-yard line with about six minutes to play. Uh, actually, about four minutes to play in regulation. Uh, Broad Run was up 28-21. Gross got knocked down. He was actually hobbling over to the sideline and didn't even make it to the sideline and kind of fell to the ground. Um, team medical staff had to come out and, and kind of help him off. Um, they entered Bennett Millar to take a direct snap, uh, which they actually did a lot of in the previous week, as you mentioned, when, when Broad Run played Briar Woods. And uh, Brett Griffiths got the start at quarterback for Broad Run. Mitch was out. Um, so he ran a, a, about an eight-yard carry down to the, the Stonebridge 2, and out came Mitch Griffiths from the sideline, literally hobbling onto the field to the two-yard line. Um, they ran their, you know, their infamous Sparta set on the goal line, um, and Griffiths followed his guys right into the end zone. Um, he scored to go up 35-21 and laid flat on his back. Uh, two of his teammates had to carry him off the field. Um, but the kid's really just a warrior. Uh, that's what it comes down to. He, he has a ton of fight in him. Um, he's there for his teammates, obviously, uh, even at the risk of himself getting hurt, he's out there trying to fight for his teammates. Um, there's not really enough good things you can say about uh, his play um, and his just his attitude on and off the field. So, Yeah, I mean, even putting him aside, and he's the backbone of their team, but he wouldn't let you tell you that. He talked about that offensive line, and he talked about his guy, Romy Minor, who had an incredible game. Yeah, Romy Minor was absolutely ridiculous. He caught a 75-yard touchdown pass, forced and recovered a fumble, and caught an interception. Um, dude is all over the field, both sides of the field. Um, but like you said, Mitch really credits his whole team. They have a lineup of guys. Their defense, like I said, five takeaways. They're averaging only – they're only allowing 11 points per game. Um, their linebacker core of Jaden Thornhill, Keyshawn Dyson, and Chaz Allison are second to none in Loudoun County, probably second to none in the state of Virginia. 
Um, Chaz Allison a little bit banged up. Last week, Jaden Thornhill and Chaz Allison both a little bit banged up against Stone Bridge and Keyshawn Dyson. Uh, I was talking to a, a fan on the sideline. I think this guy's been a senior for like six years. He's been making senior level <laughs> plays. He was a sophomore, um, and I, he's still out there. He's and I feel like he's in on every tackle. Um, the dude is an animal out on the field. Um, and, yeah, that, that defense is absolutely incredible. Like you said, Mitch Griffiths tries not to take any of the credit. Um, it's hard not to when you do what Mitch Griffiths does, averaging almost 41 points per game, broad run, the broad run offenses. Um, but, yeah, they are a, a top-to-bottom complete team. Uh, they're going to be dangerous coming into the 4C playoffs. Right, we'll get to them in a second. So, the seven playoff games this Friday. Uh, let's start with the game of the week. You can find the live stream of this game on Locosports.com. And that game is none other than the Potomac Falls Panthers taking on the Riverside Rams at Riverside. I think this starts with two players and two of the key players for both teams. For Potomac Falls, it's Jalen Coker. Go check out the Technical Foul podcast with him. And for Riverside, it's Jack Selman. I've seen both of these players live they're both phenomenal athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to be going head-to-head throughout the night. Um, Jalen Coker's a guy that on any given play can explode for a touchdown. Um, I don't know how many kickoff or punt return touchdowns he has this year, but uh, Potomac Falls and Riverside both struggle a little bit to score. Um, defensively, they're both about three touchdowns allowed per game. Uh, but where they do, both Selman and Coker both do offer that upside where they can break free. Um, so while they only... While both teams struggled throughout the regular season to get on the scoreboard, um, look out for those two guys to create some some chaos uh, on Friday night. Yeah, I think they're going to be matching up against against each other, like you said. And listen, these are two. You talked about the offenses being a little bit inconsistent, and these are two quarterbacks that have been, you know, a little bit up and down as we've seen through the year. I mean, Leo Burns was gone for a little bit with an injury. Uh, AJ Dar struggled with accuracy here and there. These are two offenses that. You know, they have explosive playmakers, but it's a question about getting the ball there. Yeah, if they can get the ball to them, they're going to be in, in good position. Uh, it, it's going to be a dogfight. These teams played in the regular season. Uh, Riverside won 15-9. Uh, both teams 3-3 three and three in the Potomac District. Uh, both teams kind of competed uh, with most of the teams in the Potomac District. Uh, both teams got blown out by Stonebridge, so that's something to look forward to after this week when one of these teams teams is going to match up with Stonebridge in the 5C semifinal. Uh, but I think this game is going to be a good one. Uh, and, and like you said, Coker and Selman are going to headline that game. It'll be interesting to see how Burns and uh, and A.J. Dar can compete and, and who kind of rises to the occasion uh, in, that, in that quarterfinal. Yeah, Potomac Falls is coming off that huge win against Briar Woods. Uh, that was a big game for them, I got to say. I was very high on Briar, and it wasn't a great performance for the Falcons. One thing I've noticed is the Riverside Rams don't really have that signature win yet this year. That really lets you see, all right, they're the team that the, there's obviously you've got Stonebridge at the top, and then after that it's a little bit more muddled in uh five in the class five, and in the Potomac district. But you know the Rams, I've been looking to see if they were they would establish themselves, and they really haven't been able to. Yeah, no, I mean they had a a tough loss to Woodgrove to end the regular season, like you mentioned. Uh, they got beat by Briar Woods in overtime on their homecoming night. Uh, Riverside, I think, went for it on uh, a two-point conversion yep. in overtime and failed to convert. Well, yeah, that was an interesting play. It was the extra point, and it was actually just like a bungled snap, and so uh, they had to go for two on it. 
Got it. Yeah. So I mean, they, like you said, they don't really have a signature win. Uh, both of these teams. I mean, it's a tough. It's a tough district to compete in. You you have to get through Stonebridge. For sure. Uh, moving up to five five A this year from four A after they were the state champions in class four last year. Uh, Potomac Falls and Riverside. Briar Woods this year kind of rising to the occasion. But Potomac Falls and Riverside are both competitive in five C. Um, so that's a tough. It's a tough conference and a tough uh, a region to get through. Um, I think it's going to be this game is, is uh, whoever wins this one is really going to have a test in that semifinal against Stonebridge. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. Uh, so do you have a prediction for the game? Uh, it's going to depend if Jalen Coker shows up. I think that's really the not that he doesn't show up, but it, if Jalen Coker degree? returns, if he returns a touchdown, a, a kickoff or a punt for a touchdown, Potomac Falls wins that game. Um, I think it's going to. T- take an explosive play like that from Coker to be the difference. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Potomac Falls. They're running hot right now. They won their last game, a big win over Briar Woods, who we have at number five in our Loco top five power rankings in the county. Um, it's a team that's been playing well of late, and I think uh, coming off of a, a big win against Briar Woods, um, they carry that momentum into this uh, quarterfinal and, and sneak past Riverside. But look for Jalen Coker uh, to be the difference. Yeah, I'm going to go say, for all the reasons you said with the momentum, I'm going to say Panthers 17, Riverside 13 as the final score. That's my prediction. Next up, you've got John Champ against Freedom, Prince Williams. PW, I think that's Prince Williams, right? Yeah, it's the Freedom Woodbridge team. Um, they're as good as they come at Virginia State. Uh, Undefeated. This is- yeah, this is an absolute monster of a team. Um, they're averaging about 30, 53 points per game and allowing less than seven. Um, it, it, this is an uphill battle. John Champ, look at their 6-4 and four record. It's a very misleading 6-4. and four. Those four losses come against some of the best teams in the state of Virginia. Stonewall Jackson, um, Patriot, Centerville, or excuse me, Westfield. Uh, one of the losses to Battlefield is probably a little bit of a blemish. But they have one of the toughest schedules in Virginia State, John Champ does. It, it definitely uh, a, a tough schedule in Region 6B. Um, but this is the tallest task they're going to have to face this year. Um, it, it's going to be a, a definite challenge for the Knights. Yeah, I mean, listen, going into 6B, they've really acquitted themselves extremely well, especially in their first year. They've got Tyler Savage healthy again. Maybe he makes a huge play like we talked about with Coker. I mean, he's up there when you talk about these number one guys, Tyler Savage is definitely up there. But listen, I have to go with the undefeated team here. No matter, it's been a great season for Champ, but they're just up against like an absolute juggernaut. Oh, absolutely. It's a cool fact for you because I, I do anticipate this being the end of the season for John Champ. Really cool fact about John Champ, though, eight seasons of varsity football at John Champ. They've made the Class 3, Class 4, Class 5, and Class 6 playoffs in their eight short seasons here. So they've been bumped wow. around a whole lot. And they've uh, made the playoffs in four different classifications already uh, as an eight-year school. So, I mean, that's a tremendous team. Jason Dawson does a great job with those kids. I just don't know if they have what it takes to get through a juggernaut like Freedom Woodbridge. Yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. My prediction, uh, Freedom 30, John Champ 13. We'll go with that. All right, next up, Robert E. Lee at Briar Woods. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's an interesting match. I mean, Robert E. Lee's a one in nine team making the playoffs. Yeah, that's um, really weird. I saw that record. Yeah. And I was really confused. Yeah, so what it is is there's a very limited uh, number of teams in in Region Five C. Um, one of those teams, Thomas Jefferson, is ineligible for the playoffs, so you already knocked them out. Uh, and then you basically are looking at 
you're basically looking at uh, Rockridge and Freedom as the next two low, lowest teams. They both had two wins, actually, but their power points just didn't stack up to, to the lead Lancers. Um, this is, uh, as much as I would like to say this could potentially be a good game, I expect Briarwood to jump out quickly. Um, Christian Green can, can do a little bit in the backfield and, and make some things happen. Uh, he's their quarterback at Briarwoods. Um, I don't expect Lee scoring a whole lot. Uh, this might be a, a great opportunity for the Briarwoods head coach Daniel Bruton to maybe rest some guys in the fourth quarter um, to get them ready for, for that matchup uh, the following week against Woodgrove, a team they actually shut out 28 nothing in the regular season. Um, so he, they, they definitely uh, don't want to look past R.E. Lee, but um, I expect them to be able to put it on cruise control by halftime. Yeah, listen, Christian Green, you talked about him a little bit. I saw him play against Riverside earlier this year. That kid is a real deal. I mean, he has some struggles here throwing the ball accuracy-wise, but when it comes to being a playmaker, there's very few players better than him. He's so shifty, so effortless in how well he moves. I mean, he's a dynamic uh, player, a dual-threat quarterback. This is an inconsistent team. Like you talked about, they shut out Woodgrove. They also lost, lost to Potomac Falls. I mean... They've had some incredibly high highs this year, but there's a little bit of a upside versus a floor kind of issue here. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with Ari Lee. Do they try, you know, do they jump out to the early lead like you talked about, or is it a bit of a, you know, grind it out kind of game? Or do they have that convincing win that lets you think that they can make us kind of a run here until they hit Stone Bridge? Um, I, I, I believe in Christian Green. I think it's a clear talent disparity here. So I'm going to say Briarwoods 27, Robert E. Lee 7. Um, your prediction? You say Briarwoods? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think that's a, that's a, fair, uh, a fair guess. I, uh, maybe somewhere 35-7, uh, 27, 35-7, somewhere in that range. All right. Next up, Millbrook at Broad Run. We talked a little bit about Broad Run <laughs> earlier. I think both of us are going to say Broad Run should win this game with ease. <laughs> Yeah, broad run. I mean, they're they're the best team in the area. Um, they do everything right. They haven't lost. Knock on wood. Haven't lost a first round playoff game since 2013. Um, actually, I don't think they even made the playoffs in 2012. So they've won one every year. They've been in it since 2013. Um, they're the overall number one in the region, and, and there's a reason why. Uh, they they do everything the right way. Um, they're coached from their coaches all the way down to you know to the to the guys that are on the bench cheering their teammates on. Top to bottom, they're just a, a complete team. Um, I anticipate a, a pretty good win for Broad Run here. Agreed. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to look for is we talked about how Mitch Griffiths took a bunch of hits. He's a little bit banged up. How much does he play in this game against Millbrook? If they jump out to an early lead, I'm resting him and I'm putting in Brett Griffiths and telling him. I mean, even if it's not a huge lead, I'm putting in Brett Griffiths and telling him, manage the game, make sure your brother doesn't get hit any more than he absolutely has to. And, you know, no designed runs in this game because you're trying to save uh, Mitch Griffiths for a little bit later in the season. So I don't think you want to show too much of your cards this early, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Mitch is going to, to tough it out and he, he's not going to let someone sit him on the bench unless he absolutely has to. Uh, with that being said, you mentioned his brother Brett Griffiths who got the start against Briar Woods in week 10 uh he, he's young but the kid can play yeah for 180 passing yards a, a touchdown a, a passing touchdown a rushing touchdown in his first varsity start um he, like I said he, he has some inexperience and he made some uh maybe I don't want to say poor decisions I think he rushed a little bit I don't think his decisions were bad I just think that he maybe was used to not having as much time in the pocket um with more experience he's going to be there but yeah he's absolutely a fantastic game manager he's been learning from 
from uh, his brother and his dad, head coach Matt Grimace at Broad Run for years now. Uh, so he has the the patience to be able to manage a game. Um, I, yeah, I would agree that if they get up by four touchdowns, three or four touchdowns, that they might decide to rest Mitch and uh, get him some get him some much needed rest heading into that matchup the following week. Yeah, he's extremely banged up at this point, and you want to limit any hits that he's going to be taking for the rest of the year. Next game on the list is Sharando at Tuscarora. Again, I think this is kind of the same as above with Broad Run. These are the two best teams in uh, 4A. Um, limit the hits on quarterback Noah, uh, Ethan Gick. Ethan, Ethan or Noah? Ethan is the quarterback. Ethan is the quarterback, Noah is the lineman, right. Uh, same as above, limit the hits that he takes. Don't show off maybe your best plays. Just win and move on because this is a Sharando team that's pretty good, but it's nowhere near elite in my opinion. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, Tuscarora only has one loss this year. They're 9-1. and one. Only loss came against Broad Run to open the season. Uh, so that's a tough matchup, game one, 28-26 loss. Um, since then, they've hold, they have not allowed more than two touchdowns in a game since that broad run game. Uh, they're averaging, their defense is only allowing 9.2 points per game. And you mentioned uh, Noah Gick on the defensive line. Uh, that defensive line at, at Tuscarora is top-notch. Noah Gick and uh, Matei Fitz filling up the defensive line. Uh, that's a tough team to, to score against. Uh, it's a tough team to defend, too, because of the shiftiness of Ethan Gick at starting quarterback. Um, and Bryce Duke is having a really good season at, at running back, um, which I think they were anticipating, but it looked, took them a little bit of time to get going. Um, this is a team that has gotten up big a lot this year, and, and head coach Brandon Wilbarger puts it on cruise control pretty much at the half almost every week. Um, they've gone up like 42 nothing, 46 nothing, 48 nothing. Uh, it going into half and won those games 48 to 6, 42 to 6, etc. Um, so they're used to getting up big. Um, their biggest obstacle, I think, moving forward is going to be at some point getting past one Liberty uh, out of the Northwestern District and then again, broad run. Um, but if we see that matchup in the Region 4C Championship, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, yeah, Tuscarora, I think, by, by at least uh, four, four scores here. Yeah, I love Bryce Duke, man. I saw him play against County earlier this year. He has such incredible balance. There's so many times where he's got defenders at his feet, maybe tripping him up, and he just keeps his balance and keeps going forward. And I think it's it's really impressive to watch him and Gick form that really impressive backfield duo, especially when they run that read option. It's nearly unstoppable, and then they put a little bit of play action, get it to Gilliard. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next game we have is... Loudon Valley at uh, Handley. Valley's all right as a team, man. I mean, I don't see anything that really differentiates them to make them special, but this should be a pretty good matchup against Handley, number three and two seeds. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fun one, too. This is a Saturday afternoon matchup. Handley oh, doesn't have lights uh, out in Winchester, so they'll be playing at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Um, Valley, interim head coach David Bishop, uh, their, their head coach coming into the season in the long took an assistant athletic director job uh, just shortly before the football season started. Um, they had a bad loss to start the season to the reigning state for right reigning four A state champs uh, Woodgrove twenty nothing. They bounced back right away and beat Riverside twenty eight seven in week two. Um, they hung around with Broad Run in week nine twenty eight fourteen, um, which is a little bit of a surprise to some people. Um, but really, the difference here is going to be going to be the Hanley quarterback uh, Malachi Emo. Uh, he's a senior quarterback at Hanley. Dude ran for almost 2,000 yards this year, shattered the Hanley High School record. Hanley's been around for a long, long, long time. Uh, shattered the rushing yards record. 
at quarterback shattered the rushing or just barely last week passed the uh, rushing touchdown record scored 29 rushing touchdowns this year um this is hanley's first trip to the postseason since 2013 uh and i do not anticipate malachi emo going down without a fight um this is i think the uh this will probably be the first of the losses in 4c for loudon county schools all right so there we go you have the prediction there Hanley predicted to win. I agree with you. Their quarterback is extremely good, and he's going to be able to, I think, elevate their talent a little bit. Last game we're going to talk about here, uh, Loudoun County taking on number one seed Liberty. I think we both have a pick here. I'm going to say Liberty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Loudoun County, uh, they have a tremendous number of playmakers. They just haven't really clicked offensively this year. Um, Jimmy Kibble is is a scoring weapon. On special teams, uh, Duke can kick the ball from about a mile away, uh, and he, he played receiver for them and scored a, a bunch of touchdowns. They can run some jet options with him as well. Um, their biggest problem has been the, the bouncing and alternating of their quarterback. They haven't really found a, a system that worked. They're only averaging about 25 points per game, which is below the Dulles District average uh, of points per game. Uh, and some of those, there's been some teams in Loudoun County that really dragged that number down, and that's still below average. Um, their defense is kind of the highlight for, for uh, the Raiders. Noah, Noah Loki, Luke McAllister, Joseph Groves, Evan and Robert DeBoard. Um, they, can, they can hang defensively. I don't know if they'll be able to hang defensively against a Liberty team that puts up huge numbers, averaging about six touchdowns per game. Um, it's a Liberty team that bounced back from previous year. They were 5-5 five and five in 2018, 10-0 in 2019. Uh, the difference here, though, between uh, some of these other teams in, in the region that we've talked about is Liberty won a lot of close games. Sure, they're 10-0. and 0. Um, They let a lot of, won a lot of one, two, and three-score games, uh, whereas teams like Broad Run and Tuscarora really put teams away. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup, but I definitely anticipate Liberty coming out on top. All right, yeah. Listen, Loudoun County has always kind of been puzzling to me. You look at a guy like Joseph Groves, Noah Loki, like you said, Jimmy Kibble. This should be a team that's better than their record is right now. I'm not sold on quarterback Gavin Pitts. Like you said, they've been alternating back and forth. I mean, this is a team that lost to Dominion High School earlier this year. You know, they've been inconsistent throughout the year. I just see Liberty kind of getting it together and moving on to the next round. And then we'll start seeing some powerhouse matchups in the next few rounds. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. So um, I anticipate this being Loudoun County is going to hold their own defensively. Like I said, I'm thinking probably somewhere in the the 27 to 14 range here. All right. That wraps up our playoff preview as always, folks. We actually have one more breaking news here for you. Oh, here we go. Uh, Which actually, we actually didn't get a talk before. Uh, Independence is actually going to play in the region three B playoffs, which we didn't talk about. We just found out about three or four hours ago now. Um, Independence was the number nine seed in the Region 3B. The number eight seed, Warren County, had to back back out because they were unable to heal the team. They're not going to have enough players on Friday night. Uh, So Independence is actually going to travel down to number one, Goochland, uh, in the school's first year to compete in a 3B quarterfinal. Do they have any, you know, what are their odds? Yeah, they have no chance, I don't think. Uh, (laughs) And that's not meant to be offensive. It's a first-year team. They're two and eight. Um, they put up numbers offensively. Brian Courtney at quarterback can score just about any which way. Um, I, the dude's put up so many. I don't even know how many yards he's put up. Uh, it's going to be tough for someone to come in after him and, and, and touch any of his school records just because of the offensive dominance he's had this year. Uh, but Goochland is Goochland's a 9-1 and one team. Um, they're the overall number one. 
Uh, Independence really the tenth best team in, according to power points in this region. Um, Manassas Park was ineligible for the playoffs. Warren County backing out of the playoffs. Um, it's a very, very, very tall task to get down to Goochland and, and, and compete with them on uh, Friday night. Um, but it's a huge congratulations to the Tigers for finding out finding a way to get into the playoffs in just their first year. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's their first year and they've shown some, you know, offensive spark. They've shown that. I mean, listen. This was a team that's held their own against some of the Region 5 teams and Region 4 teams that they played in the county. So you never know. But that no more no more breaking news, right? Yeah, that's the last piece of breaking news I have for you today. <laughs> All right. As always, folks, listen to the technical foul. Go check out our videos on YouTube. We will have more interviews coming in the winter with Loudoun County's best athletes. In the meanwhile, go check out locosports.info for playoff coverage of football and more. That's locosports.info. Also, one more thing. Um, wait, I, I can cut this out later. Can, can I uh, announce the local sports tip-off? Yeah, that's fine. All right. December It's December 5th and 6th at Loudoun County High School. Yep. Uh, go check out Local Sports for playoff coverage of football and more. That's locosports.info. One last thing before we go. The Local Sports tip-off tournament is going to be at Loudoun County High School from December 5th to 6th. That's going to be with the team's Loudoun County High School, John Champ, Woodgrove, and Liberty. There will be eight games going on, so please do check it out. We will be, once again, that's December 5th and 6th, Loudoun County High School. As always, I'm Varun Shankar for Owen Godimer, signing off. See you guys next time. Let me hit the stop recording.